This is Issues 2023. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Wichita Public Works and Utilities Director Gary Jansen. Welcome to Thank Issues you, 2023. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. Nice to have you with us this morning. Let's begin with some background, if we can. Uh, how long have you been director, Gary? Actually, only about six months now. I just took over the position in March, so it hasn't been too long. Wow. And uh, what did you do before this, then? So I've been with the city uh, almost 29 years now. I was the city engineer for 11 years prior to this position, which is also an assistant director for the department. So it's uh, it's not too far removed from where I'm at right now. And what have you done before that? Anything you want to go back that far? So, <laughs> you know, I, I've spent my entire career. I'm a, I'm a civil engineer. I'm a licensed engineer in the state of Kansas. So my career has been focused on public infrastructure, uh, working in our engineering group with the city. But my entire career has been with the city of Wichita so far. How about that? Where are you from originally? Though? I'm from Newton. Newton. All right. I want you to give us an idea of the scope of your responsibilities. I, and I, I don't want to see a big playbook, but... Uh, Let's just start off with how many employees do you have? So we have within our department, we've got one of the larger departments in the city. Uh, We've got over 750 budgeted positions. We are short right now, like a lot of people. So we've got some vacancies that we're working on, but our budget is almost $260 million. So for one department out of almost 15, we've got almost a third of the city's overall annual budget. So we've got a lot going on across a lot of different areas. You must be operating uh, uh, dozens of vehicles. Or how many? Do you even know how many you've got out there? So (laughs) one of the things we do as an internal service to the organization is oversee all the fleet. Uh, So first, we, you know, the city itself has got over 2,000 vehicles that we are responsible for the operations and maintenance of the fleet. You know, within our department itself is a good portion of those, too, especially, again, with everything that we do on the operations side of public infrastructure. So those vehicles, they're just talking about making sure they got tires on them and oil change. That's got, you know, I'm thinking about my own car and keeping my two cars. That's got to be an ongoing, expensive proposition. It is. Uh, and it's, It never it's, stops. It never stops. We've got multiple shifts, and we've also got heavy equipment, too, you know, and working with... Uh, types of equipment we need on the big ditch for flood control, working with fire on the large equipment they've got. It's a really a wide range of the types of vehicles and equipment that we use and that we maintain. And you have to you have to replace them every now and then, right? Yeah. Yeah, and we've got a model in place uh, that continues to be updated and that we monitor working with our finance folks uh, to make sure we're being as effective and efficient we can. We, it's, we use data analytics on that to make sure that we were replacing them when they need, but also getting the most life out of them that we can. Let's talk about water for a while, if we can. Uh, are you making uh, progress in replacing pipes? I know some of our pipes are pretty old around town, water pipes. Uh, we are. So we've got almost 2,500 miles of pipes underground uh, on the water side and the sewer side both. We've got a lot underground that people don't see. So we've got uh, within our capital budget, it's probably 11 to $12 million a year that's focused just on replacement of pipes, if you will. Uh, we've got some really good programs we've had in place for a long time that look at, you know, I talked before about data analytics, and we use decision support tools to help us look at where leaks are, where we've had the most issues, uh, where we can get the best return on investment for replacement, upgrade of those facilities. Obviously, we've got expansion that happens as the city continues to grow. We need to upsize facilities, and we need to provide new service to where there wasn't service before. 
when you when you talk about replacing, what is the oldest pipe we've got? You think? So we've probably got some pipes that date back to the early 1900s, if not before. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And and depending <laughs> on what they were uh, uh, built out of cast iron pipes at the time, some of those are still holding on. Um, we That's start pretty good, pretty good life. We don't have it is. We don't have a lot of those, right? Because over time, uh, they start to show issues. They start to they're the ones that have the leaks. But you'd be surprised every once in a while. Uh, when we have a break on a pipe, as we've seen over the summer, you see more heat and you see more breaks. We start to look at the age of some of these pipes, and it's kind of surprising to see how some of them are doing. So, have you started when you replace them? Have you started with the oldest oldest ones, or do you just go with wherever the need is? That's one of the factors. Sure. Uh, when I talked about that decision support tool that we utilize, it it takes into account a lot of data, and age is certainly one of those. Because, like anything else, we can expect older pipes to have more problems. It's not always true. It kind of depends on where it's at, um, soil types. There's all kinds of conditions that we consider. But we look at leak history. Um, we look at how many times we've had to bend in to make repairs. And at some point in time, it becomes obvious that we're better off just to replace the pipe. One of the things, though, I, I talked about water main breaks. It seems like this, we had a pretty hot summer. And it seemed didn't seem to me like we had that many this 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 summer. Like pretty pretty easy on that, weren't we? Yeah, we we looked at the numbers here not too long ago because that question came up. Depending on certain areas, it seems like we saw more than others. We did not see even with the record heat what we thought was any more than we'd seen in the past. If we compared to last summer, it was trending about the same. So. I think we were fortunate. Uh, we do see an uptick during the hot months, just like we do during the cold months. Things change with soil types. Things change with the pipe properties during those uh, extreme temperatures, and that's why we see those breaks. Uh, when, when will we, the new water treatment in northwest Wichita, when will that plant be ready to go? So we're about 75% through construction right now. Boy, that's big. It, it, it <laughs> is. It really is, and it's coming along well. And if anybody's had the opportunity to get by there, you can see it really coming together on a daily basis. So right now... We plan to be done with construction next fall, uh, but because of the water demand that we need, there's going to be a period of time when the new treatment plant and the existing treatment plant are both operating, which means we've got a lot more water demand at that time. There's going to be a need for a considerable amount of water for testing and commissioning of that new plant. So we probably won't be able to bring the new plant online until the end of 2024, uh, 2024 or very early in 2025, but we're getting closer. Now you, like you said, it, that's one of those things where I happen to go out that way quite a bit, uh, that part of town, uh, out near zoo, zoo, the zoo, Zoo Boulevard. And I've got to, got to wash it every time I go by. It seems like there's something new going on out there. It so, is. You know, it took a while when we first started to start seeing things come out of the ground. Uh, but as you see the vertical assets being built, uh, the clear wells are the things that are closest to Zoo Boulevard, the tanks there really coming together. We've heard from a lot of people that really like to see, you know, what's happening there and have a better understanding of what it is that we're doing. One of the, uh, in the news that we cover every day, one thing that we've seen frequently over, oh, I don't know, the past several months is boil water advisories for the smaller communities around the area. Uh, is that have to do with uh, the infrastructure at all, or is, is it, I don't see that much around. We had one here, I guess, a couple of years ago, but uh, is that infrastructure that's, that's having a problem there? Typically it is uh, when you see older infrastructure, and, you know, the last boil water advisory we had was due to a large water main break. Yeah. 
And what happens is um, it took a little bit more time than we had hoped to be able to find that and get things closed off to get the line isolated. And so we lost overall system pressure. And working through our permit with KDHE, one of the things they look at is if you lose overall system pressure, you introduce the opportunity for contaminants to be, you know, to enter the system somehow. Yeah. And so as a precaution, that's usually what happens with the boil water advisory. We do everything we can. Uh, I talked earlier about our plan for replacing old pipes, upgrading our infrastructure. Our city council, I think, has done a really great job, and the citizens have supported uh, a rate structure over time that has allowed us to really take a proactive approach to upgrading our system, providing uh, necessary placements to hopefully avoid that as much as we can in the future. I'd like to talk about streets for a little bit here. At, at any time, how many streets are being repaired in Wichita? Do you have a number? So we've got, uh, if you look at 2023 and our outsource pavement preservation program, which is our, our, our maintenance contracts for the year where we, we contract out the work, we've got 5,300 lane miles, more or less, of streets across the city. Uh, we've got an optimized plan uh, to attack as many of those as we can and really uh, maximize our return on investment, right, for the overall asset value of the system. In 2023, uh, our budget was $12.8 million, and we will be providing uh, preservation and mitigation to uh, just over 700 lane miles. Um, so if you look at that as a, a percentage each year, that doesn't necessarily mean that we, we're going to get to every single street you know, over the course of five or 10 years. But again, we're looking at the uh, condition of streets. We're looking at the age. We're looking at the remaining service life of those streets. There's a lot of factors that go into it. We use some of the same methodology and decision support tool that we do, I talked about for the utilities, uh, to make sure that we're investing in the streets in the right places. But again, for 2023, uh, we're working on about 700 miles of streets. Are, are there still unpaved streets in the city limits? There are still unpaved streets in the city limits, and that's a result of development uh, processes over the years. So historically, as, the, as Wichita has developed, streets have been paved by petition, meaning that those people who live on the streets, they pay for those improvements. Just yeah. like any new development, uh, if you move into a, a newer development, you're going to pay special assessments for water, sewer, paving, and drainage. Same reason. People in older neighborhoods chose not to at the time when the development standards did not require paving streets. People chose not to pave them, and so we've still got about 90 miles overall of unpaved streets. City Council made a decision last year to start funding street paving, so we actually, this Friday, are opening bids on a first round of projects in Districts 1 and 3 to start paving some of those dirt streets using funding from the Capital Improvement Program. Public Works are responsible for street maintenance during bad weather, in other words, uh, the, ice, the ice and snow. How many trucks do you have for that purpose, Gary? We've got 60 trucks, uh, all with plows on them. We actually are going to begin operational training here in October. It's about that time of year to start gearing up and thinking about snow and ice. You never know with Kansas weather when it might hit, so we want to make sure that we're prepared. Yeah, do you have a good uh, good supply of salt and sand on hand? We do. We do. You know, we use a 50-50 sand and salt mix, which has worked well. The sand works well for traction. Obviously, the salt to help melt the ice and snow. 
We're actually working on uh, building a new facility in the coming year for salt storage because you've got to have that indoor. That'll help us with our supply going forward. So when that bad weather hits, your people are ready to go for those long hours, 12-hour shifts? We work on 12-hour shifts, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a real focus for us this time of year because we need between 150 and 200 staff to be dedicated to that. We need the majority of them to have their CDL. Mm -hmm. And so we really look to all of our operating divisions to be able to provide staff because that has to become our priority this time of year when the bad weather hits. You're listening to Issues 2023 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Wichita Public Works and Utilities Director Gary Jansen. Public Works operates the Brooks Landfill, right? Correct. Is that correct? Well, what are, what are some of the things that are unacceptable for a landfill, other than my old used car? So, uh, you know, the focus of the landfill now and, and what's allowed is construction and demolition. So we call it a C&D landfill, correct? Uh, people still bring, we allow mattresses to be brought in, uh, because we'd rather see them brought there. We've got a contractor that takes them away. They're not buried in the landfill, but it's primary, uh, if you think of materials related to construction, demolition and brick and wood, uh, we do take, uh, mulch out there and grass clippings. Some of that then is utilized for cover on the landfill. Uh, if appliances and things like that are brought in, uh, sometimes people are sent back out with them. We've also got subcontracts for people to come in and take out the refrigerants from those uh, and take those away. But it's primarily, it's not household waste. The biggest thing is it's not household waste and household trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, that all needs to go to the transfer station across the street. We're primarily focused on being a C&D yeah, land. I, I didn't understand I, or I realized that, I guess, but then... The transfer station, they take it somewhere else, uh, out of state someplace? They, they do. They do. Well, and I think a lot of it goes to uh, there's a, another location in Reno County that takes a lot of that and then takes it out of state. Okay. How many tons of trash does Brooks Landfield are doing a year? Any idea? You know, I don't remember that number off the top of my head. Okay. And, I, and I've seen it recently, too, and, and I should remember, but it's, uh, it's a considerable amount. Will the, will the landfill ever be full? In time, yeah. So we just opened uh, recently opened up a new cell. Uh, there's still room for growth. There's quite a bit of capacity, uh, but there will come a point in time when something has to change because we don't have infinite space out there at that current location. I've looked at that over the years, and there's this big mound right next to the the river, and I've often wondered is that a, isn't that a bad idea? Isn't there's something that you've buried that could seep into the river and pollute it? You know, typically as communities have developed over the years and, and, and it doesn't always make the most sense, but a lot of landfills were located along the rivers to, to build them up. Um, we work closely through KDHE. Uh, we've got, if you go up on North Meridian around 21st Street, which was called the old dump number nine, there's no landfill there along the river. We are required to monitor those things, what we call post-closure through KDHE, long-term monitoring to make sure not causing any environmental issues, especially with water quality. Chapin Park, uh, down at the south end of town, is a big, big area that was a former landfill on the river also. But we work really closely, again, through permitting process with uh, Kansas Department of Health Environment to make sure that we're doing everything we can to protect the water quality and environment long term. Tell us about uh, your solid waste and recycling program. So... uh, City of Wichita does not have a recycling program per se. 
Um, and we do not franchise solid waste haulers. However, and there's some good information available on our website, we do license haulers. One of the reasons why we do that is we inspect their trucks. We want to do everything we can to make sure that they've got vehicles that are not leaking fluids, uh, doing things that might provide additional damage to the streets. City Council uh, 10 to 12 years ago looked at this uh, spent a lot of time looking at this and looked at the idea of potentially franchising trash hauling. There was quite a bit of pushback on that because of concern of what that might do to pricing. Yeah. Um, and so it's up to the citizens now um, to utilize who they want. And those trash haulers themselves are required to have some level of recycling plan. And so it's up to each individual homeowner. We've seen what happens in certain neighborhoods and certain HOAs. They'll work with a single hauler to try to, you know, get them to take over most of an area and provide a benefit on costs. And so that's really up to people to do that. But again, on our website, we've got some really good information related to that. It shows who the uh, licensed haulers are and it talks about the recycling program. When that, when something goes in for recycling, where does it go? Uh, who's, who's recycling it? So again, most of uh, uh, the, so Sedgwick County has got a recycling program, and most of the recycling that's done uh, within Wichita and Sedgwick County, um, and that, you know, I I mentioned earlier about uh, some of the transfer station uh, going over to Reno County, and and what I actually meant there was that's where most of the recycling goes to. Uh, I don't know exactly what happens from there, but I know central, central here to where we're at is where most of that material ends up. You, uh, I've been, I was looking at, at your webpage. What is the water center? So the water center uh, is down off of Pawnee by the river. The water center was put in place as a requirement of uh, Gilbert and Mosley groundwater contamination area. And so I'm going to misquote the year of uh, when that came online. But as part of our agreement with uh, Kansas Department of Health Environment and the EPA, uh, for cleanup of the groundwater contamination, primarily in the Old Town area, from old industrial use. We developed a program with them uh, that did several things. Uh, we, uh, some of the former users, the, those that created some of the contamination, came on board as part of a settlement agreement. In absence of doing this, um, what the federal government can come in, and people have heard this term, of, and re, and require this to be a Superfund site, what that does is it basically stops any future development from happening until it's all cleaned up. What the city did, which I think was a great thing and was really innovative, was work with KDHE and EPA uh, to develop a program that allowed a cleanup of the groundwater contamination over time. All of that uh, groundwater essentially from that Gilbert and Mosley area and now from what we call the North Industrial Corridor, which is further north of there, it all goes to the water center to be treated uh, and discharged into the river. So the water center is a small water treatment plant and it's also an educational center uh, to talk about those efforts, to talk about water quality uh, programs and education. We've got staff that works there over the course of time has provided educational programs to schools, anybody who wants to go down there and see it. So it was a result of basically that settlement agreement, if you will. Now, how would you grade the people of Wichita regarding conservation and and caring for the environment? 
A, B, F? <laughs> you know, we, we're really focused right now on water conservation. We're in the middle of a prolonged drought uh, that we would love to see some fall rains would help out, right? It's impacting uh, one of our main water supplies at Cheney Reservoir right now. So we are in stage one of our drought response plan that was put in place by ordinance by the city council in 2013 as we were coming off the end of the last major, one of the last major droughts that we had. So we've got some uh, conservation efforts in place. Uh, we've got a rebate program in place, uh, which is required by that uh, drought response plan. But that we've seen, uh, we've seen some good things here in the last few months, even with the record heat. So we monitor internal water use uh, for the organization and, of course, water use across the community. From August to September, we saw a very minor increase in water usage, again, in spite of the record heat in August. Internally, across our organization, big organization, we actually saw a decrease in water use. Mm. So I think people are getting the message. I think we've done a good job working through our communications team, working through the media, talking about the needs for water conservation in particular right now. And I think people are doing a good job with it. They've asked us to be the leaders and prov- you know, provide a good example. We've done that to start, and I think they're, they're really seeing the value and the need to do that. I'm question what I saw on your webpage, but I'll go ahead and throw it out there. Are you in charge of child care licensing in the city? We certainly are. That's one of the things that our department does. So wow. I don't connect that. So, no, you know, hard, <laughs> hardly anybody does. So some time ago when there was a joint uh, Wichita Sedgwick County Health Department, it split up. And at the time, you know, we kind of joke a little bit that over the course of time, if there was a program that nobody knew what to do with within the city, you put it in public works, right? And so probably makes sense. So we, we have uh, child care licensing. And in fact, that's for all of Sedgwick County. We have some tremendous staff, uh, I think some of the best out there that oversee child care licensing for all of the county. That's a grant program working through KDHE. Uh, we also, within that same work group, oversee the tobacco compliance program. Also, we've got staff uh, that monitors to make sure that tobacco is not being sold to underage. You d- and we've, we've got a lot going on with regard to uh, opening up the, the work. It, there's a lot of work coming in. There's uh, backlogs at the aircraft plant. We're looking for people and new workers. And that you know this child care thing is to me it's coming right up to the top of priorities you got to have a place to take the kids when you go to work yeah absolutely and i've heard you know our city council focuses on that a lot working with different groups across the community because you're correct and that's starting to be a big factor when people come to communities is to be able to find uh good and available child care so you know, we want to be a part of that and trying to encourage and help those who are wanting to be in the business and, and get others started up. What's next? You know, what's next new and exciting at the Public Works Department? So we've got a lot of things happening right now. Um, I talk about a few things maybe that are getting ready to start up. You know, we work with uh, Kansas Department of Transportation closely on some of the major highway projects around the community. And, and of course, the city provides a share of the funding for that too. So next phase of East Calig improvements is coming, uh, which will extend past K96 out to past 159th Street. That construction will start in early 2025. Working with KDON, an expansion of K96 from Hillside all the way to 21st Street. I'm going to have to interrupt you. I'm sure there's a lot more. We'll have to come back and do another show, Gary, because we're out of time. Okay. Thanks for being with me. Our guest, Wichita Public Works and Utilities Director, Gary Jansen.
And that's all for this edition of Issues 2023. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.